0: was known throughout the area he was uh, in chapter one it describes that all of the people from the city brought all of the people to be healed he healed and healed and healed and healed people and so his fame is so broad that he was really, really busy and he actually had to leave Capernaum just to get a bit of a break. And so he does that and then he's come back to Capernaum and they're staying in a house together. Some, many people think that this is the house of Simon Peter and so probably it's a very, very typical house. Preaching was a part of what trying to move it. Uh, preaching was Jesus' main focus in the house. Ah, thank you. And it describes that he was preaching the word to them in verse two but there were so many people there that there wasn't even room in the doorway have a look at this picture you can see that people were absolutely crammed into the house and then people are spilling out into the street so looking forward into that passage in verse 2 it says they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door and he preached the word to them and then we see the characters of our story introduced. And there are four men carrying a stretcher with a man who was paralysed on it. And it says in verse, f- verse three, some men came bringing to him a paralysed man carried by four of them. Now, I can just imagine one of this guy's mates. He's heard about Jesus and he's heard about all of these healings, and then he's heard that Jesus is back in town, and he's gone, oh my goodness, we've got to go pick up old mate, we've got to go get him, I'll go and get my friends, we'll go, we'll gather, and he's run to the houses, and he's gathered his four friends, and together they've gone to the paralysed house, man's house, and they've picked him up and then they've gone, okay, let's go. And they have rushed to Jesus. And they're literally running through the streets with this man on this mat. But then, from even from a distance, when they get there, they can see that this house is really so packed full that people have spilled into the streets. And I can see them. They're there, they kind of back up a bit and they go, oh no oh, what are we going to do? And the paralysed man's probably gone, look, guys, thanks for trying, but clearly this isn't going to work for me today. And then one guy, I reckon, goes, hey, hey, I reckon I've got an idea. It's, It's a little bit ridiculous, but in fact, I think it's absolutely crazy, but it just might work. You see... It's common in these houses, you can see on the picture, it is quite common in these houses that there were stairs that would go up to the roof. And he's gone, let's take him up onto the roof. And the other guys have gone, yeah, what good's that going to do us? Like, what are, what are we going to do with that? And then Ideas Man goes, no, no, I see ropes. There's ropes there. We could lower Jesus down. And they're going, Uh. how? How are we going to lower him down? Like there's a roof there. How are we going to actually do that? And then Ideas man goes, no, no, it's okay. They're just tiles. Let's just rip up the tiles and get the man down with those ropes there. Let's do that. And and the guys are standing there and they're going, nah, nah. And then one of them goes, actually, that just might work. That might work give it a crack and the other guys going you reckon yeah and they go right let's do it boys let's get together let's get this guy up onto the roof and then they get up there and they're lifting the tiles off the roof and you've got the disabled man the paralyzed man is sitting there just going what on earth is going on today what is even happening so they've gone up there and they're digging through the roof now you can just imagine the people inside and you're just watching Jesus just preaching the most incredible words you've ever heard then all of a sudden you feel a little pebble drop and you go what what's going on and you look up and you hear this commotion and there's these people tearing the roof apart. And you go, well, this is a bit rude. This is very rude. Here's Jesus talking and these people are just wanting to hear him. So they're, they're, they're picking away this roof. They're literally taking the roof apart so they can hear Jesus. But then you see, hang on, something's bigger going on. It's quite a commotion. Everything has stopped. Everyone is looking up as these men lower their friend down, bit by bit. Now this isn't. I imagine this wouldn't have been like a James Bond kind of smooth lowering down. I'm imagining the ropes are kind of they're they kind of a bit jolty, and these poor guys just go. I can imagine it wasn't that smooth. But they're lowering him down. And then other people are going, okay, I see what's happening. So they kind of squish even further. Some of them come forward and they help and they get him down to the ground. And then you look up and you see Jesus. And you kind of go, wow, these guys have just completely interrupted his whole morning. But you see that Jesus is smiling. He is loving on these guys. He's going, wow, this is faith. Now, occasionally, I have been preaching and I've been interrupted sometimes. Sometimes somebody's phone might go off. Sometimes a baby might cry. Somebody might kind of get up and go to the toilet. So all these different things might happen but I have never had anybody come down from the roof. It has not happened for me. Last year, Millie and I, my daughter, we, we were, had, a, had a big treat, and we went and saw Mary Poppins at QPAC. And as we were there, one of the highlights of the show is when Mary comes out above the crowd hanging from the ropes at the top and she's, you know, wired in and you just go, whoa, that's pretty spectacular. Can you even imagine if right now in the middle of me preaching, somebody's ripping off the roof and down comes a person. (laughs) Ah, I know, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So then we get to verse 5. And it says, oops, it says in verse 5, When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith. Let's just stop there. He didn't say when Jesus saw the faith of the paralysed man. He says, when Jesus, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, the faith of the friends who had brought Jesus, the faith of the guys who woke up that morning having no idea what the day was going to bring. And they have so much faith that they've gone and got this man, they've run through the streets to bring him to Jesus, and then they have torn apart a stranger's roof and they have lowered him down. Don't we all need friends like that? Friends who will help us get to Jesus. I just love the significant faith that they displayed that day. So let's continue in verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son. You know, I, I did some digging, I'm not 100% sure, but I can't find anywhere else in the Bible, other than for children, that Jesus called anybody son. I know that he called a woman daughter, the woman with the bleeding issue, but when he calls this man son, he is liberating him. This man's life would have been absolutely awful. He relied on other people for absolutely every single need. His opportunities were so diminished compared to everybody else. He was 100% reliant on his community, but not only that. Back in that day, people thought that if you had a huge affliction like this, that you would have been sinning. And it is a result of your sin or your parents' sin that you ended up paralysed. In that moment, Jesus has said to him, you're okay, I love you, I care for you. It's a term of endearment. And he puts him at ease instantly. Then the most extraordinary thing happens. Even more extraordinary than coming through the roof, he says, Your sins are forgiven. Now I can kind of imagine the mates are up on the roof and they're going, Hang on, Jesus, I don't think you understand. That's not his real issue. Don't you understand? He can't walk, sin is not his issue. But Jesus, in this moment, actually addresses the man's greatest need. Now, when we would see a person with a significant physical need, that is the thing that would hit us in the face. But Jesus here is looking at the long term. His priority for all of us is to heal us of our sin. And I can see that when we sometimes hear a message about sin, we kind of have an internal check and say, actually, I don't think I have that big of a problem. I don't think that it's such a big issue for me. I can see that that person might have a problem or that person might have a problem, but actually, I'm pretty good. All of the good things that I do surely cancels out anything that I'm doing wrong. But that is not how it works. Jesus is the only way that sin can be forgiven. And you might be the nicest person here today. You might be doing wonderful things for people every single day of your life. But you still have a sin condition. And only your only solution for this is to turn to Jesus. So back in the house in Capernaum. Jesus has just told the paralysed man that his sins are forgiven. And as the story unfolds, we see that this is a massive statement for Jesus to make. There were scribes sitting around, teachers of the law. They were there and they were very, very aware that the only person who can forgive sins is God. But then Jesus is saying in verse 6 that he was uh, able to forgive the sins. So let's have a look at verse 6. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralysed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk? You know, the scribes, the teachers of the law, they were right. God is the only one who can forgive sins. And we sin when we sin against each other, we're also sinning against God. And we might seek forgiveness from each other, but unless we seek forgiveness from God, we are not truly forgiven. So, now they had hard hearts, those scribes. And in the room, they were there specifically to check Jesus out and they were very critical of him. And this was actually the first time in the book of Mark that anybody challenged Jesus it was the first time that he faced this opposition and the response of jesus is absolutely profound in verse 9 he says which is easier to say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or to say get up and take your mat take up your mat and walk at this point he's pointing to the the fact that this physical healing was easier to accomplish than the healing of the soul his sins the spiritual answer is that the healing of his sins was way more difficult in order for his sins to be forgiven Jesus had to go to the cross he had to shed his blood the cost of that was enormous and then he tells them outright in verse 10. He says, but I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. This was a massively dramatic announcement. The son of man has the power and authority of God. When he is declaring that, he is saying that he is God. God. The teachers were accusing him of blasphemy by saying he had the authority of God but his response is I not only have the authority of God I am God. It's absolutely huge what he says in that moment. And then Jesus says to the paralysed man I tell you get up, take your mat and go home. And he got up took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Can you imagine being back in that room? At that moment, all of the people would have cheered. They would have erupted in just clapping and cheering. I imagine the, the mates up the top there looking down, they're going, Whoa! this is so amazing. And they're cheering. And then everything's kind of a little bit crazy. All of a sudden the people are able to part as this man rolls up his mat, puts it under his arm, and he's walking out the door and I can just imagine people patting him on the back. People who have known him might have given him a hug. Nobody can believe it. They're just like, wow, look what has happened. And the, the mates up, up the top, their crazy efforts are 100% worth it. And then they've gone outside and they've met him and they have embraced him, cheering. Everyone was amazed. Can you? imagine being that man who for probably decades your bones had seized up, all of your tendons, all of your nerves, there's no blood going to those areas, then all of a sudden instantaneously you are not only able to walk but you're able to roll up your mat, pop it under your arm and head out of there. I would think that it would take months for this man to be able to process what had happened to him. Absolutely amazing. The teachers of the law, they would have been there even crankier than when they came in. They would have been seething. How dare he call himself God? When I'm looking at a story of the Bible, I like to see myself in it. Where am I in the story are you the man on the mat do you have a sin problem this is certainly the priority for jesus today do you need to come to jesus and confess his sins and come before him and receive the grace that he offers As we have said, this does not always, our our needs don't always appear to be, you know, the most urgent in human eyes, but the need for our sin to be forgiven and for us to come before the Lord is the greatest of all. Maybe you need to do something about this today. Maybe you have a hardened heart. Maybe you're like the religious leaders and maybe you have preconceived notions. Maybe you have talked yourself into a reasoned explanation of your humanity without God. Maybe you're sceptical. I don't ask you to not be a deep thinker. We love deep thinking. We love wrestling with ideas. But Jesus asks us all to come to him to do that wrestle. So don't be hard-hearted. Don't turn your back on Jesus today just like those men did. Come with him. Come with him to him with your hardened heart and be open to what he, he can bring to you. Do you today have a physical need that you need to go to Jesus for? Is there an affliction in your life that you need him to rescue you from? What is it in your life that you're bringing to Jesus today? And maybe today you are identifying with the friends. For years you've been coming before Jesus on behalf of your family and friends. And today I encourage you to keep going. Have the tenacity of those men. Have the tenacity to keep coming day after day before the Lord with your uh, intercession for your friends. Keep carrying on. Keep taking off those tiles. Keep lowering the rope. Keep interceding for them. Jesus has something to say for each of us today. And if today you're not right with God, I ask that you would come before Him. I ask that you'd bring yourself to Him and ask for forgiveness. I ask that you be made right in your relationship today. And if you are feeling a stirring right now, please know that it's got nothing to do with anything that I'm saying. It is always a stirring that the Holy Spirit is nudging you. So pay attention and open your heart to what he might need you to hear today. He never tries to manipulate us, but he he leaves it up, up to us to respond. But the invitation is always open. So I'm going to pray today. Why don't you join me in prayer? If you would like prayer after the service, the pastoral team will be up the front to pray for you personally. Lord God, I just thank you so much for the richness of your stories in the Bible. Lord, I thank you that we can come to you no matter what our need, whether it be physical or spiritual. Lord, I thank you that we have friends who intercede for us. Help us, Lord, to continue to intercede for our friends and family also. Lord, I just pray a blessing on everybody here today, particularly our boys and girls from Boys and Girls Brigades, Lord. Would you continue to bless them? Will they continue to flourish in their ministry? And I pray pray a blessing, Lord, on everybody else gathered here today, Lord. Would we truly know your presence with us as we go about our day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.